In a new environment, we keep what we like and we scrap what we don't. It's time to rebuild in Evangelion 1.0 and 2.0. Now, Eric, yes. actually... Well, so <laughs> welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Evangelion 1.0, 2.0, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they, they got what's revised. What's the official title of these freaking movies, Alex? So, yeah. So, the, the theatrical versions were 1.0 and 2.0. And then when they got released on DVD, they were 1.11 and 2.22 because they had alterations to them. Eww. So it's yeah. the alterations. I got you. Yes. So the you. digital releases are not, or the like, what you're watching on Amazon is not what was in theaters. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like extra footage. I think some scenes are reworked. Some dialogue is changed. Uh, so there's lots of fix fixins going so, on, as you would expect. Basically. The latest one now is Evangelion 3.33 plus 1.11. No, it's just 3.0 plus 1.0. So I'm wondering if he's going to revise it again at some point. But he has. It has been revised. It has been revised. That version is revised? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually it probably will be 3.33. So did it used to be 4.0 and then he uh, changed it to 3.0 yeah, plus 1.0? they broke it into CPI. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Alex, actually, you know, I was talking to my brother um about evangelion actually oh what what has what's brett been thinking about all this i haven't we haven't gotten his opinion i haven't heard his opinion in a while yeah no he he's actually liked it uh a lot um he rewatched the series even though he like watched it again last year but he rewatched it with the dub because he thought it sounded interesting but he i think i told i think i told the audience we watched the subs um growing up right and I think that's why I like the new dubs a little bit better than the old dubs. I tried the old dubs in this <laughs> when we were watching um, this, these latest two movies. I just couldn't do it, so I reverted back to subs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the reason I like the dubs on the Netflix version is because they sound a whole lot like the the original subs. But I think <laughs> in the original episode when I talked about my brother, I said <laughs> we were 16 and 12, and my brother kindly reminded me, that I'm only two and a half years older than him, <laughs> not four. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my you brother... <laughs> you don't teach math, Eric. You don't no. teach math, right? No, I don't. My brother also says that he never skips the opening, Alex. He wants the full experience every time. I still... I'm going to stand by the fact that I think the opening does not match the rest of the show. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, I did watch it a few times after I mentioned that I was skipping it. Yeah. And it, it's You watched it a few times in the back half of the series. I I, I think the back half of the series, I think you're right. Like It just feels a little jarring in that back half, especially yeah. because of how the tone kind of shifts to a darker tone. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I like it for what it is. It is a little odd. It's a little off the wall for sure. But 
I don't know. There's something about it that I appreciate. Yeah, I get that. I, I don't. I love that you don't know how old your brother is. That's wonderful. <laughs> I do. I do know how old he is. Okay. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I do. I actually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I have now. No has Brett seen the rebuild movies? He owns the first one, but he hasn't watched any of them since then. I own the first three, and I cannot find them, and it has driven me nuts for weeks. Oh gosh, <laughs> I've been going. I've been like I've torn the house apart trying to find them, and I cannot for the life of me find them. Did you, you probably let someone borrow them? Maybe I know where. I know where. If you're listening to this and you have my DVDs, I will find you because I'm not going to stop. <laughs> hey, real quick, Alex, uh, yeah. shout out to our newest bargain base mite. Uh, just today, what? Taylor Ward became the newest bargain base mite. So shout out to him. Um, awesome. That's awesome. I oh, know. Uh, we Thank love, you, Taylor. Yeah, we love welcoming uh, base mites <laughs> <laughs> into the MVM fold. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And we honestly appreciate that support. Those, those That Patreon community honestly makes us do what we do, I think, at this point. I like the word makes, like they're forcing us to do it. <laughs> In some cases, this is true. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, some of the votes, the way they yeah. went. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. Yeah, 21st Century Monster Movie, that is, that is true. Well, let, let's get into this film, Alex, um, okay. because we're covering two movies. Uh, and so we just need to get into it, I think. Yeah, we're, we're lightly tapping on 1.11 for obvious reasons for anyone who's watched it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if... The end of Evangelion wasn't enough to boggle our brains at the show's end. The Rebuild series comes around to give us a retelling of the story from the beginning. Now, we're covering a lot this week, so let's start with this. Have these movies won you over beyond a doubt, or are you feeling burnt Evangelion out, Alex? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, ugh. I just like, sh- sh- I liked it. What am I saying? You, know, you liked, I liked it. it. Let's be honest. You liked that. <laughs> I did like it. I, I, I'm not feeling burnt out at yeah. all. I I remembered 1.11 being a lot more in line with, um, with the series. I don't remember as many deviations. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot that we just go straight into that battle with um, Angel... I believe in this one, the first angel that we fight is actually four instead of three, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we see three and 2.22. That's oh, yeah. the one that breaks out. And so there's some changes here, but I, I'm really interested because I've seen 1.11. I'm really interested to see what you're thinking right now. Yeah, I've, I have not seen any of these movies. Um, and I had my doubts at the beginning of the rebuild journey because – it did feel like we were watching a recap. And it's definitely felt like that. You know, the first half, I think, of 1.11 mm-hmm. feels that way. Um, but yeah, let's start with 1.11. I guess we can work our way through. I, I think the first movie is a proper introduction to Evangelion. Like, I'll probably recommend 1.0 slash 1.11 to my students with a caveat, I think. Um What's the caveat? My my claim here is that <laughs> I think it does a good job. I would I would go ahead and say go ahead and watch it, but I think 1.0 does a better job of world building than the series. Whereas the series 
adds a more balanced tone and more characterization through those slice of life life moments that mm-hmm. simply couldn't fit into the film. Uh, you can't argue that the film 1.0 has a unique and singular vision. It's so clear and concise uh, and obviously the work of iteration after iteration. So when it comes to the world building claim, there's there's things in 1.0 that I just find really interesting, like the training scenes, which are really cool. Um, and the early conversations with Sila, uh, which we didn't get in the series. And then when they came around at the end, it just felt a little bit random. So you right. get those early on in this rebuild series and it feels a whole lot more fleshed out, uh, like thought ahead, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Definitely. And the film does try to add some humorous moments. So I talked, you know, there's kind of a balanced tone, I think, in the series, especially in the first half. The film does try to add the humorous moments from the series into it. I still like those moments because I'm familiar with the series. Right. Um, but I don't think if you're just watching the film itself, you would latch on to those moments or you would find levity in those moments because overall, the film is pretty heavy throughout. Do you agree mm-hmm. with this assessment? Uh, so I do, the humor actually works fine for me, but it's like you said, we're watching this so close that it's impossible for me to divorce myself from what we have seen. Yeah. Um, but it does work for me in the current way that we are viewing this. I can't say how it would be if it was, you know, if we watched this a month out or something like that from the series. But other than that, yeah, I think the rest of your assessment is pretty much spot on with what I think about this. Uh, like you said, that world building is just so excellent here. We get to see so much more of how the city, not only like how the city works, but just the world surrounding it. You know, yeah. we see things that are trashed already. We see a lot more other environments outside of Tokyo one. We get these, like, they're not a lot, but we're seeing these glimpses and just watching how the city works is like such a joy. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, I was originally a bit skeptical about 1.11 because the first hour does feel like almost like a copy and paste. Yeah. Um, an abbreviated copy and paste, but a copy and paste nonetheless. But then we get these small changes that I really like. The angels are just a bit different. They're better designed. Oh, yeah. Um, four, I mean, Angel 4 slash 3 uh, three from the original series is already excellent. I like that they don't make any changes to him. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, uh, Angel Five has yeah. they add those skeleton legs to the bottom so cool. of it to make it a lot, a little more creepy. Uh, yeah. I really like that. And then we see those big changes with um, with six yeah. or five and six. <laughs> Hang on, I'm getting them all confused. Four, no, five had right. the skeleton legs, and then six. six. Oh. I texted you, Alex. And I was like, yes. this diamond is actually more than a diamond this time. <laughs> There's yes. actually a, a menacing element to the diamond. <laughs> and my favorite part about Six isn't even the design. It's the sound. Mm. It's that whenever it gets ready to fire its beam, it does that scream. Yeah. Uh, it does like this scream that turns into a laser blast. It is so cool. Yeah. I really like it. So, and, and just in general, like the action is just done better. And not only that, yeah, the original series has some pretty good music. The music in the movies, it's even better. Oh, it's even better. It really it's, is. It's even the better. The music it's, is so good. It creates this 
Oh, yeah. It's even better. It's even better. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. By the way, just speaking of sound, real quick, did you notice Masato's ringtone in, in 2.22? Of course. Of yeah. course. The Ghidorah, <laughs> the Ghidorah ring. I love it. Uh, yeah, those little things I, you got to love. You gotta she love. suddenly joined the SSSS instead yeah, of Nerve. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, now, yeah, I said the series had a more balanced tone. But that might not be the right word. The series just has more of those moments of levity. Like I mentioned last week with End of Evangelion, we don't really get that. Um, I think 1.11 builds a more romantic tone. And romantic in like the literary sense. Um, you have some of those shots of Shinji at the end as he tries to leave Tokyo 3. Mm-hmm. Um, where you get like his hair and shirt blowing in the wind as he contemplates his place in the world of Evas and Angels. And of course, he's unable to leave his destiny, a theme that is much more prevalent in both of these films than it was in the series. This fact that you can't escape what you were meant to be and what you were meant to do. Really Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, And you got to love the climax of 1.0, the way that Masato fights for Gendo's trust in Shinji. Like there's so much there. There really (laughs) Uh, is. There's so much there uh, in that dynamic between the three of them. Really powerful. And you mentioned it, the beautiful new score that highlights the weight of the world that's in the balance at that point. Awesome. It's just, so just really <laughs> operatic and it builds that romantic tone, as I mentioned. But, yeah. Yeah, let's move in let's move into two point two two, uh, where I think we really get some departures. Which still has really great music. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I love the choices in two point two two, starting uh, with again that world building at the beginning of the film you get those uh space scenes of gendo and uh is it fuyunaki uh mm-hmm. his, yeah yeah that's right his uh you know partner in crime which is awesome <laughs> uh th- those scenes are crazy because you get to see the otherworldly footprint of the second impact yeah. I, I, I was like, that is crazy and awesome. And there's real life implications for what happened in the second impact that weren't really touched upon in the series, but we see them in that aquarium scene, which the aquarium scene functions as world building, character building, and it also moves the plot along. Yes. Really cool. Like, like that was a great addition to the series, a nice improvement from the series at this point of where it was. Uh, mm-hmm. When it was happening, but but what stood out to you from the start of two point two two that told you that this film was going to feel different? I wish I was more in like the community that was watching this sh- the movies when yeah. they came out. Because yeah. after one point one one, I would imagine everyone, while excited, was kind of skeptical about where this was actually going. Yeah. Uh, I know that there was a teaser at the end of uh-huh. kind of teases some differences, but after. The first movie, while it did have its differences, you got to be wondering, like, is this actually going to be necessary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the Rebuild series really going to be? And, you know, is it just a cleaned up rehash? And then 2.2 2. <laughs> yeah. blows it out of the gate. This isn't your grandma's Evangelion, right? <laughs> your grandma from the 90s. Um <laughs> <laughs> my grandma loves Evangelion. Yeah, big, big fan. Big Evangelion. Fan. Yeah. I, I, I text her about it every once in a while. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She, 
she was <laughs> yeah. staying up. She stayed up to midnight to watch the latest one on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, so. exactly. It's like it right but out she the said, gate. This wasn't for me. There's too many changes. <laughs> She's pretty conservative in that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand her yeah. hesitance. Oh, yeah. I, I get it. So, yeah, but right out the gate, like this is a fresh new take. And you're, gonna, you're not going to have any idea where this movie is going to go. Like, I love that Eva 03 breaks out of containment and, or sorry, Eva, oh, or sorry, not Eva, Angel 3 breaks out of containment and just looks rad because it turns out it's been dissected on, it's been like flayed, and it's just a skeleton for the most part, and it's still alive, which is just so cool. But not only do we get this new Angel, we get a whole new Eva unit, uh, Eva unit 05, which is unlike any other copy and paste Eva that we've seen so far or Ava. And not only that, we also get a new Ava pilot, the ultra confident, even more so than Oscar uh, Marie. And she is so cool and interesting. Not only does she fit in with the cast of characters we already have, but she immediately escalates the intrigue of the film. Like, I love it. Like she, she purposely detonates Eva 05 to destroy Angel three and fly off. And she's like some sort of spy with some sort of ulterior motives. We know nothing about Like yeah. she's just, she's this wild card thrown into the very beginning of the movie that just like, it elevates it immediately. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a cool, cool moment. Like I absolutely love it, but really the biggest and most important moment of the film is the one that you mentioned. It's the aquarium scene. Yeah. It is just this perfect package of what this new vision of Anno's is aiming to do. And he just does it in this brief little 10, 15 minute moment. Mm -hmm. And it's just like wonderful writing. And like you said, world building. It's a beach episode of an anime. Yeah. But tame, (laughs) non-intrusive, makes sense in the world. And it also, I think the humor is pretty funny when they're having to keep getting cleaned over and over and over because (laughs) this is such a volatile ecosystem that shouldn't even exist anymore. It actually makes sense in the world why they have to get cleaned so much. Even Mm -hmm. poor Pin Pin has to go through it all. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's funny to watch all their individual reactions as they go through. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, I, I could see people, like, kind of focusing on that they're, like, naked in these moments, but it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that I think it's, I, I think it's totally fine. And of course, we can't skip some of the other biggest changes of the series. Mm-hmm. Most notably, though, is Ray's character and development. Agreed. This yeah. feels like what Anno kind of wanted to do in the original series, but he never was able to quite successfully build up the character that way. I think we see that in that moment where Shinji imitates his dad and how he saves her by opening the hatch and, and uh, getting it and opening it. And she has that reaction in both this movie and the series, but then we kind of never get there again until I yeah. felt like Evangelion uh, end of Evangelion where her character grows substantially. 
But it was almost for, I, I think, maybe almost too little too late. Well, it's a different character, right? <laughs> right. It is. Yeah, and it is. It is a different character. Yeah. And I, I love, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It is a different character. And I, I love her characterization in this. Like, it gives her a really complex, like, it was already complex, her relationship with Gendo, mm-hmm. right? But this elevates her complexity, not just with Gendo, but Shinji as well. Yeah. Like Which there's is important. right, it like is. That makes everything a little bit more interesting when they have that relationship. It really does. Like the dinner, like mm-hmm. you see, just her and Gendo in that dinner. But when she decides to make dinner, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it is just like some of the best stuff of the series, and it, it's heart wrenching. Like you, you already have an idea of how it's going to go once you find out. But the story that they managed to tell with some band aids, yeah. Is pretty cool. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, did you like these changes? And did you like where like this film left off? Well, where this film left off is completely bonkers, um, <laughs> and it may just it may be more bonkers than the original series. Um, but honestly, just as cool. Uh, w- w- actually, first of all, backing up before the end, there is what do you think about the decision to put Asuka into Ava 03? It's a really good decision. Yeah, especially when you're in a time crunch of a film. Oh yeah, using using Toji wouldn't have made any sense. It would have been no. the equivalent of using uh, the what, how we felt about Kawaru in yeah. the original series. Yeah. So using Asuka was a great idea. Oh yeah, I think it's very smart and streamlined. Um, honestly, I think they could have done that in the original series, and mm-hmm. it would have worked well. Um, so I think there, there there's a good example of revising in a way that that definitely has the same consequence has the same consequence mm-hmm. but a different way to get there right um mm-hmm. but i'm i'm right with you i love the emphasis on shinji and ray ayunami's relationship um i didn't realize how unclear it, it was in the series really until i saw <laughs> the clarity that this film provided right and wow yeah like ayunami having that that dinner to try to bring Shinji and his father together. I mean, that was just a really cool choice. You know, it really shows us her character and her sacrifice at the end. Um, she says it's made primarily to prevent Shinji from getting back into Ava. Right. <laughs> um, she's like, I can't, we can't make him go back. She just cares that much about him. It just so it, shows how much of her- we mentioned this a little uh-huh. bit and it was like kind of nebulous in some ways. Like we, we knew about this, but the fact that Ray is actually Shinji's mom. Yeah. Um, but doesn't realize it. Right. And right. so we see those motherly instincts mm. consistently force, like kind of poking their poking its head through. Yeah. We, she yeah. wants to have her, her quote unquote husband and her son to have a relationship. She yeah. wants to protect her son. And so I like that we get these bits mm-hmm. uh, more explicitly because they needed to be more explicitly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and then, of course, Shinji does come back to pilot the Ava in the series to save his friends. But in this movie, I don't know, something about it felt more emotionally driven. Um, mm-hmm. There's that scene where he breaks through and transcends the Evangelion cockpit to reach out to, to Ray. It doesn't only look cool. I love the look of that that sequence but it just feels right and of course you've got unit 02 berserk mode (laughs) uh 
from Marie, which is awesome, which adds another element. Because then you see uh, after that, when Ava 01 goes into berserk mode, Shinji's also in berserk mode at that mm-hmm. point. And so there's that really tie between the human and the Ava, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And in and, and those moments, too, we get interesting moments with Marie and how she like she kind of has this weird understanding of Shinji as well. Yeah. It's, she's Honestly, really like, interesting. I can't wait to find out more about yeah, her. I, I, Me too. She felt like a mature sibling of Shinji, like an older sibling of Shinji. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I can see that. That's what she felt like to me. Yeah. And uh, the, these moments all really land, especially the Shinji trying to save Rei. Um, mm. That moment really lands for me. And I think that goes back to what I said about Anno's successful characterization of Rey. It just makes yeah. that moment so much better. Yeah. She's just so much more sympathetic, not just for Shinji, but us as an audience. We like her a lot this time around. And Shinji f- like has a clear emotional attachment to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. And, and it's beyond just the general kind of caring for everyone that he typically has, right? Yeah. Just kind of likes in everyone uh, just because he's kind of told to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it elevates the insanity of those final moments. And then, you know, we get that. I can't believe they did this at the post credits, but that jaw dropping end of credit scene where he gets oh, yeah. speared and then Kawaru yeah. shows up and has that line. That's kind of like this time I'll make sure he's happy or something like yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like this time, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so cool and leaves it on this really interesting note. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I, w- one thing I was thinking about was I thinking about uh, Ray. I got distracted by the this time I'll make you happy though. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that that is a great moment. Um, yeah, it is emotional. It is emotional whenever uh, he, he reaches out for her and, and pulls her out. It, uh, I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. There's something cool there. I'm sure. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to it's me. It's because you're thinking about the implications of, wait, that means Koara's been through this before. Oh, yes. Yes. It's so interesting. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if they execute on it or not. You know, <laughs> Anno changes things so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he may have dropped it. But uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And it definitely ups the ante for the next movie that I just want to watch. Oh yeah, no. I remember what I was thinking. I was thinking more thematically. You know, you said that Shinji only—I mean, he cares more for Ray than he does for others. And there's that line where he even says something along the lines of like, "I don't care about saving the world. I don't care about saving myself. All I want to care, all I care about, is saving Ray." And mm-hmm. he's getting all this external pressure. This is really like good coming of age moment, I think, honestly is he's getting all this external pressure and you're like, why doesn't he want to save the world? Like, this is why people make fun of Shinji, you know, is he has this sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. I, I don't view that attitude as, as weird or even like, um, super literal in that moment. He's just saying like, I know what everybody else wants me to do, but in this case, all I want to do to go back to Shinji's own desires is to save Ray. Right. Yep. Uh, and that's a, that's a consistent theme throughout is can Shinji follow through on what he wants? Because the only reason he comes back to the Ava pilot is because 
he is coming back to what he wants to use the Ava pilot for. It's not about anything else. It's just mm-hmm. about what he wants at that moment, um, True. which I think is cool. And and that's a that's a key difference I think that we're seeing throughout this uh, rebuild series is Shinji had some support, especially in uh, Misato. Yeah, but he's having he has more support here, mm-hmm. and we see that in the way in some just nuanced moments and how people treat him, yeah. and a lot more decision making is being led is being allowed to him he's been he's been given a little more free reign um Mm -hmm. in a lot of scenarios and i think that that those little moments of him having more control or what are leading to i would say better development for his character in terms of i'm not saying like better than the previous series i'm just saying like in terms of being a better person in terms of growing yeah. better in that type of way is what I, I mean. actually think he is a better person probably um, <laughs> so far I think he's yeah. a, I think he's a better person than we've seen in the past there's also the element of Gendo and how much he seems to be pulling the strings even more in the first movie mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting um, yeah we get that you know it's, again it goes back to that world building and thinking about these characters and their motivations Gendo really seems to have a grand plan with Shinji and that starting with the first scene, there's more of an emphasis on the fact that he brings out uh, Ray to injured Ray to get into the, the pilot. It's almost like, I mean, he knows that she's unable yeah. to do that in this. Movie I mean, he especially. does that in the original series though, too, to manipulate Shinji into getting in. I, I agree. I just think there's a slight more emphasis oh, in the movie. Okay. I think they make it a little bit more obvious. Um, which you I think might is be fine. right, and yeah, no, I think yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. So, <laughs> uh, MVM Plus today. Before we move into our awards, MVM Plus, we talk a little bit more uh, about Evangelion. We expand upon some of these points that we just talked about. Uh, we talked about Star Wars Visions and how excited we are for Star Wars Visions after being uh, burnt out a little bit by Star Wars the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we talk about, Alex? Uh, you know, talked a little bit about Castlevania, the last, the latest season. I just kind of yeah. gave some quick impressions. Theo's Dragon Ball Z party. We, yeah, yeah. Um, our Star Wars conversation also bled into um, iterative creators. Oh yeah, we, we, felt oh, like. we had some self help talk too. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. all that yeah, self help talk. <laughs> I, I've worked through my traumatic experience of Alex loving love and monsters. <laughs> And and we are now ready to move into our awards. <laughs> Coolest right. character award. Who'd you have, Alex? Pen Pen. <laughs> Very cool. The, wor- the world needs more Pen Pen. Um, yeah. I'm glad we got to see so much of him in that wonderful aquarium. Those wonderful aquarium moments. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's just, if we're saying coolest character, him and Masato, I think, are competitors for like oozing cool yeah well i mean yeah i mean he is a penguin you know like yeah a penguin oozes cool you have to if you're a penguin exactly uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know i the think scientific masato, act of oozing cool <laughs> i think masato takes a back seat uh actually in these movies compared to what her role in the in the series um i really hmm. i really do yeah. i think she's she's taking a back seat and i'm okay with that um 
I love Masato. I think she's great in the series. She was our, she was probably my coolest character throughout that entire thing. Uh, and the coolest character in, in the Vivangalion as well. But I think that focus, that shift in focus has moved, as we already said, to Ray, um, who I think is the coolest character here. Just the way that she has developed over the course of these two movies has actually made her into a character that you care about versus a character that you care about only because others care about her. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate her and her development in this film. Yeah, the Band-Aid scene. So you see her get the... Uh, I love how he does the knife scene where she looks at the knife and you can kind of tell she's kind of questioning like what she is, right? And you want, and then you see the cuts on her hands. And my first thought was like, oh no, she's like hurting herself. But then, it, then I realized like, oh, she's cooking. Mm-hmm. And that was such a cool turn for her. And then also Asuka, a cool turn for Asuka because I got her revealed a little bit about how she feels about Shinji. She's less mean in yeah. this. Like she's still, you know, mean, but yeah. she's less, a lot less mean. And I think that was the right choice because she was a little too mean in the original series for me to care a whole lot about her. Yeah. Um, Until her flashback, of course. Yeah. yeah, I think I think she's just about the same mean, but we get less screen time with her. So it's, she's a little bit more bearable. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's totally right. What about your uh, most memorable line award? Mine comes from uh, the first movie and it's Masato. She says um, there. She, uh, I think Ritsuko's like, why are they shooting at it? Like, they can't hurt this right. angel. And Masada responds, some people get uncomfortable unless they burn through ammo at times like this. And I think that's just <laughs> a great line. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, this is what people are going to do. Like, you've, you have to feel like you've, um, you've controlled everything that you can control and tried everything that you could try because there's nothing else you can do. You have to burn through your ammo at times like this. You know, yes, uh, you have to at least try. Yeah. You have to at least try, even though even though you know there's no point to it. Um, you have to at least try. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. What about you? Um, I, I have to go with another a line from uh, the first movie as well. Uh, it's Shinji when he's kind of having that walking introspective moment and he's trying to leave the city or at least uh-huh. walk around the city, and it turns out he's kind of like stuck in he his can't. fate when yeah. the when the road's gone. And he says, "You can take me to Miss Masato now." What a it turn! Show, yeah, right. What a turn from the original. I love the way they did that in that because movie. So cool. it reveals a lot about Shinji's character. Yeah, it reveals how perceptive he is. First mm-hmm. off, and it also like it sh- does show an extra little level of kind of maturity for him. Yeah, to while he's like all sad to kind of hold back and not say anything to this group of like black ops that are following him around. Yeah. And then to have known that they were there the whole time shows that Shinji is more perceptive than we think. Mm. Yeah. No, good, good stuff. Um, how about your can't believe that voice acting award? Yeah, I got to give it to, it was hard to adjust uh, to this dub for me after the other one, because you get used to it. I mean, we spent what, eight hours, six hours, something like that with those dubs. So it was really hard to adjust, especially Toji, who sounds like a grown old man. Um, and this dub, for whatever reason, uh-huh. just very hilariously, that that was a bad one. But um, 
But Ray in this dub is really well done. Hmm. Um, she conveys like all the subtleties and the little bit of warmth that she gives towards certain things. Nice. So I have to give uh, Ray's voice actress um, props, even though I don't remember her name. <laughs> we do our research here on MVM. <laughs> yes, we do. Sure. Well, edu- education is what you come here for. Names are our game. That's what you could say. Like, we are in the name business over here at MVM. That's right. That's right. Uh, my Can't Believe That Voice acting award is Shinji. Uh, Shinji sub. I had to revert back to the subs, uh, I think I said. Because, I understand that. Yeah, that, that's what I watched growing up. That's I, and, it, and it just felt right kind of coming back to these films and watching the subs. So mine was Shinji. I think Shinji's sub is great. And that's Megumi Ogata, um, who does Shinji's sub. Uh, not sub. <laughs> Shinji's original voice <laughs> uh, with the subtitles. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I think I like that one. It sounds like the the English dub that we just watched, which was, I think, Casey Mungilo. Um, both of them do a great job. Uh, what about your standout animated sequence award? Um... I'm going to have to, let's see, I'm going to have to go with, that, this was a tough one, but I wanted to say the race to stop the eighth angel. I liked it a lot yeah. in the original series. It's cooler here. It's, it's so cooler cool. here. It's longer here. And watching Eva 01 break the sound barrier with the sonic boom is mm-hmm. awesome. And then the way that they have to work to raise those, um, panels so that he can bank on a turn because he's going so yep. fast. Yep. It is. I just love the team. The te- like the teamwork in the show is awesome, but it also adds teamwork with the like science with nerve yeah. to accomplish the goal. And it just elevates that, that whole sequence to in another level. Yeah. Oh, but then man. we also get that really cool moment when he catches it, like you expect, like in the series, and then it pins his arms down with those uh, spears, mm-hmm. and it just, it, then it like slightly changes in ways you don't expect. It's just very cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we talked in MVM Plus, Alex, about how sometimes if we're really getting into a movie, we quit taking notes. Um, Yes. And we just start experiencing it. <laughs> yes. The last thing, the last note that I took for Evangelion 2.0 was uh, that race scene, that teamwork scene was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last one that I took. Uh, but my standout animated sequence award comes from the second movie as well. And it's that breakthrough scene. I just don't think I've, like at the end, whenever Shinji reaches towards uh, Ray, and it almost seems like his skin burns off. Yeah, <laughs> really intense. Um, I just don't think I've seen anything like it. The way before that part, when he is like, it's like that. It's got that blue sort of um, color colorization. I don't even know how to describe it. It, <laughs> it does so much there. Um, it's it's trippy, but not trippy in a way that like the ending of the series was, or even end of Evangelion was it's trippy mm-hmm. in this. Like I've never seen this sort of animation style done before like this. Uh, uh, okay. So I thought that was, it was really well done. Really cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, and then it's, and it's like just weird enough where it feels like it kind of fits in like an e- end of Evangelion. Oh, it does. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, 
What about your uh, not standout animated? Uh, your Angel Design Award. Yeah, bonus award this week for Angel Design. Uh, you mentioned it. It's the sixth angel, which is the Diamond Angel, which is probably the most boring angel in the series, <laughs> and that's why it stands out to me because it's just not boring in this one at all. No, um, so cool. It, like it did changes shapes. Um, it has those sound effects that you mentioned. It's got these little spinning parts that make it near impossible to to hit. It really, yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, I go with the Six Angel. What about you? Um, I'm gonna have to go with and real quick because just because I want to educate everybody. Um, the voice actress for Ray is uh, Brina Palencia. So there you go. Nice. And if that's wrong, well. <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> so never mind that. Um, there's like four voice actresses for that character. Anyway, uh, mine would have been the eighth angel, Sahakiel, <laughs> or something like that. Names are our game here on MVM Plus. That's right. And so that is the one from that is the one that causes that teamwork sequence from the original series and this one. I just like that there's that gradual reveal of this angel kind of looking like the original one, because mm-hmm. I think the original one's actually pretty lame. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I don't think it's very creative, but the, the fact that this one has that slow reveal of it, and then it also looks a bit cooler mm-hmm. than uh, it originally did. And it uh, has an attack other than fall on someone. Mm-hmm. It just makes it so much cooler and exciting. Like yeah. they, these transformative angels like that, there used to be these dull creations and now they have these transformations just make them so much more interesting. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. What about your can't believe that still award? Uh, there's a scene in the first movie where just a little world building still, I guess <laughs> where the casing the shell of a, of a bullet from Ava O1's gun falls onto a mm-hmm. car and smashes it. Yeah. I was like, that's just awesome. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's so, it's just a small little moment, but that's really cool. <laughs> it, it is cool. It's very cool. I think that I've overused that word. This episode is cool, but that's, that's just but what, it I, is because what I keep thinking about with uh, these two movies. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's true. Um, but I would actually, I had actually, the only note I had taken on a shot that was really cool was actually that one, mm-hmm. the shell falling on the car. Yep. So I'll pick a different one, though, in the spirit of our awards. And I don't think this is actually a really great like, like composed shot or even really that cool, but I think it just has a lot to say. And that's when they come to ruin Ray's party, like while she's cooking. Yeah. And it just has those four agents standing in the doorway while she's standing there. It just has that, uh, it's like a turkey or a chicken that's cooking in the background and you know that it's about to be left and it's just like really sad, but they don't actually like, I don't feel like it's harped on too much that the dinner is missed. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of left there and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that little shot. It just, it just conveys a lot of emotion. Yeah, no, that's good. I like it. All right. That brings us to our rating and ranking Alex. Um, what are your general thoughts on these two films yeah. overall? What would you rate them each out of five? And do you have one that you like more than the other? 
Yes. Um, so first, I, well, I, you know, I'll just talk about both of them since this episode is about both of them, and then yeah. I'll I'll rate I'll rank them and rate them separately. Sure. But um, yeah, I think this is a really great start. You know, Evo one point one one is a bit of a rehash, yes, but it I feel like it's cleaned up a lot of things. I'm not missing too much um, from the series, except for some of the smaller, quieter moments and just the differences in Shinji's character, right? Um, He's a bit more bearable this time around. Not that he was unbearable. I never thought he was unbearable, but his character is different. And what I'm trying to, I guess, get across is like, these are all kind of different characters in a lot of ways compared to the original series. And I think that that's okay. But for the most part, 1.11 is a rehash. Now the second half, we get some really big twists. I really like that Shinji and Misato already know about um, Lilith or Adam at the Mm -hmm. bottom, whatever that different angel is, because that is not the one from the, from the original series. Mm. Um, I like these like little stepping stones one one point one one has where we just get these little tiny differences that are like really crazy. Yeah, they make a, <laughs> like they actually kind of change a lot. <laughs> yeah, they make they make these huge differences, and the world building is so fun. But really, it's two point two two that really just kicks everything off, and it's just the funny thing is the story stays pretty similar. Yeah. But the vision is just, it's grander. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's more epic, but it's also, it really refines its characters as well. It doesn't forget about its characters. We get so much more Ray, And so I'm really happy with where everything is going. Uh, 2.22 leaves us off on just a bizarre and unexpected ending. Uh, raises more questions than answers, which is what you need to do with your second out of four movies. Mm -hmm. So with 1.11, I really love it. Uh, I am going to knock it down a little bit because it, it, it almost, I could see an argument for it being kind of unnecessary. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five. Mm -hmm. Um, but 2.22, I'm going to give a 4.5 out of five because I, absolutely loved that movie (laughs) nice no great um cool so yeah i'll start it off by just telling you i agree with your ratings i think i'm gonna give a yeah your ranking i'm gonna give both of the films a four um okay but i think i think i like 2.22 slightly more i i was just surprised at how much i ended up liking the first one um after the first half, which was mainly a recap with really great art, right? Um, mm-hmm. The second half, the changes that were made made me care more about the implications of the ending of that film. I also think it's interesting how both of these films, despite being connected to the series and despite being connected to each other, each of these films have a distinct arc um, and feel like film in a sense they feel like a standalone film um that has some themes that tie it all together which i thought is hard to do when you are basing it off a series and you're basing it off of uh, films previous and films to come uh but somehow both of these films managed to do that uh i i like everything 
that these films have to offer for the most part. I do think I give the series a slight edge when it comes to just that feeling of raw energy that comes from a new creator. Um, but other than that, you can tell this has been a refined project. This is somebody that has crafted something uh, and thought about it and recrafted and is just going to continue to do that. Um, he, he probably, who, we're not done with Evangelion is my guess at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I like both of these. There are four for me. I give two the edge over one slightly, and I'm excited for the next two. I'm so glad you liked it. I mean, I was on board. I think the music is a big element of this, too. Yeah. I, I was blown away by those tracks. I immediately tried to find them on Spotify, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they're not. Only the original series has uh, tracks on there, and even then, I'm not 100% sure if they're even just not covers, hmm. but um, that's I think the think it's on there but that's all right a lot of those covers are done so well i mean you can tell the difference but it's not much but ah i can't wait man i can't wait next two um i i'm excited as well i'm excited as well uh as always you can find us on twitter and instagram at mvm underscore pod on letterbox for alex cornett and eric neely email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash MVMPod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Oh, and real quick. Yes. It's just 3.0 next week, or 3.33 next week. It's just true. one movie next week, yep. just so you all know. <laughs> <laughs> until next time. Until next uh, time? Until, until next, next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. If you're listening to this and you have my DVDs, I will find you.